My name is Sarah. I play the elven druid Moreland A. Like Lass, and this is Advantage. Last episode, still headed north on the trail to Havenmere, a great storm formed overhead. The tempest rained down and thunder rolled across the ashen wastes of the burn. In the southern sky, the party watched as a magnificent, large, electric blue falcon emerged from the clouds and circled the land, struck again and again by powerful lightning bolts, only to return to its origin. Presiding Druid Morlinde recognized this as an avatar of the primal spirit Stormhawk, who led the revolt against the gods of the Pantheon after the Dawn War. The party recognized the bright blue feathers as a connection to the fletching on the arrows of the Tempest Oath and the druidic circle of great duty. Concerned and looking for more information, Warden Ulrich Orman brought the party to a cache of supplies hidden among the trees, where an ally has reported the presence of war-forged machines sent by the Dwarven Kingdom of her dearth in the west. The party resolved to continue on their way to warn Havenmere of potential invasion. And that is where we will pick up. <laughs> so friends, good morning. It's Sunday. And it here is. we are all together. It's even 8.06, which is incredible. Hey, that's like a new record. That is a new record. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, let's get into the business. Let's do it. The business. The business. Uh, so... The rain has let up as you continue to walk north, following the cobbled path to Forest's Edge. Alaris, you scratch your face, and as you look at your hand, you notice that it is covered in wet, black ash. It's the marking that designated you as a protected remnant of Isotalos, painted on your cheek by the community of survivors led by Elder Fallheit. And you look to your companions and see that theirs too has washed off in the rain and is smearing down their faces. Okay. I'm probably just going to wash off the rest of it. Like, just kind of get my robes and wipe the rest of the mark off. I mean, it's, if it's running off the off my face, I'm going to just, like, I don't know what the significance really of that is. Okay. It, it, I, don't, I mean, I, I understand that it's a protective mark, but, I mean, I feel like, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, Auric, go ahead and make a perception check for me. Crit. 
I got a 20. Impressive. As you are leading the party north along the path, you hear the sounds of strained bestial moaning. Like oh, like one animal suffering or lots? Like one animal suffering. Nearby? I mean, you can hear it. <laughs> okay. I'll go. I go investigate said sound. Ulrich, where are you going? Huh? Where are you going? Uh, I hear something over here. I'm just going to investigate right quick. Okay. And Ulrich, as you get closer, the, the rest of the party, you three, uh, begin to hear it too, and you follow the pained howls, which are beginning to be paired with the sound of rushing water. And a few hundred yards into the black stumps, you're now on the bank of the gushing Charmed River, and you see a brown bear laying on her side who's moaning in pain from a broken limb impaled into her mighty chest. Beside her, you see a small cub laying motionless with his face in the water. For Ulrich, I mean, you know, seeing animals dead is not necessarily a new thing. Like, spent a lot of time in the woods, but the sadness of it still strikes me. Um, and I sort of look to Morlinde for something, you know, being, being, uh, more in tune with nature. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know, a process guidance, like something to do. Bears don't just get naturally impaled with limbs most of the time. So someone did this and it shouldn't have happened. And I'm not particularly happy about it. Um, however, I can speak with animals, so do I have to roll for something to talk to this bear and see what happened, or can I just do it? Uh, I mean, is it really in a position to talk, even if you can? Like, it's kind of... at least pray over it in a way it can understand. Try and talk to it. I don't know, should I try and heal it, or is that just too freaking far? How bad is it, Joe? It's definitely suffering. Well, suffering like gonna die or just like suffering suffering like gonna die okay it is ftd i go up to it and i in a way that the bear can understand i pray for an easing of pain and an easing of suffering and that um the transition into the afterlife will be quick um and then i ask either bear whichever one will communicate with me what happened and who did this in your head you see visions of fire and ash and rain and water and then pain Ulrich you look at the body of this powerful beast your eyes come to hers and the mother bear is gazing up at you and you feel an overwhelming empathy and she stops crying and deep within you too you understand what had happened and you can almost see it right in front of you fire cub fear running ash burns pain Hunger, rain, cub, river, 
protect, cub, pain, gone, pain, sorrow, empty, pain, pain, pain. And this vision comes to you as you look in her eyes, a sacrifice that that mother made. And then her eyes closed. And her chest stops heaving. Arik is just sort of like stunned in in to silence, but generally just completely floored. It was not not ready for that level of uh, emotional contact. I'm gonna go ahead and perform rites for this animal because I definitely experienced his pain and emotion, and it is still a being of the forest. And so I say a quick prayer, um, gently as I can remove the limb from it. Okay. And now, now we have a, a bear cub. No, the, no, the bear, bear cub, cub is dead. Was, no, bear cub was dead before we got there. Oh, the bear cub was dead? Okay. It, it was face was down dead. in the water. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can somebody give me a synopsis of what that story was? I mean, the there was running, <laughs> there was fire, um, and so I imagine that they couldn't probably get away from it, and they were um, getting burned, and so they fled to the fled to the, the water. Yeah, towards the water. Um. I'm guessing maybe like the cub sort of fell into the water and maybe was burned badly enough that it couldn't like properly orient itself and drowned and that the, the m uh, mama bear, like I, I imagine them both kind of having to topple over something and she fell on that branch and couldn't do anything to help her cub. Flash forward in time a little bit. And now two nights have passed since you saw Stormhawk make its great circle overhead as the rain came down. Ulrich, for you, sleep has included nightmares of escaping fires, fighting to stay alive, and sacrificing everything to protect someone who needed you. You've been waking up in sweats, but today the sun shines bright in the sky, warming the ashy soil. It's comforting, and it sets you at ease a bit. You know that you're only one night away from Forest's Edge and the northern boundary of Hizantalus' territory. You've been this way many times in the past, monitoring the Pandominion camp as it slowly paved its way into the heart of the forest. Morlinde, the sun brings you comfort as well. You feel a hope of life as you walk. The forest will come alive again, or rain will fall on the rich, fertile soil, and the sun will shine day by day, 
the scattered seeds will flourish and grow, someday covering the forest with mighty trees again. In the distance, you see something moving near a large object on the side of the road. It's maybe 150 yards away and hasn't seen you yet. Do we all see it? Yeah. Can I do some kind of check to get like a better idea of what it is? Yeah, give me a perception check. I rolled four. Yeah, you're going to have to get closer to be able to really tell what's going on here. I think we'll just move forward and proceed with caution. Yeah. That's good. So as you get closer, you can tell that it's an elf doing something to what appears to be the remains of a cart. Has he seen us yet? Has he or she or they seen us yet? They have not quite seen you yet. No. Do they... uh, I guess this might be more of a... Not really perception insight, maybe? Like, do they seem threatening or they seem just kind of concerned with their own stuff? They're pretty preoccupied. They seem to be opening a, uh, like, a white box of, or trying to open some sort of white box or figuring it out or investigating. So they're not, like, super aware of what's going on and don't see you approach. You said a white box? Yes. Is it a large white box? Uh, it's probably two foot by one and a half foot and a foot deep. Okay. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a solid size. Yeah. Morlinde, uh, as you approach him, you recognize this character as the elf that escaped during your fight. He's gaunt and is scarred with burns and cuts from blades, but the wounds are closed. And at some point, he, he sees you, and he sets down his crossbow and places his hands behind his head, and he says... I I don't I don't want trouble. It's fine, it's fine. We're not here to attack you unless you come at me with a crossbow again. It's it's on the ground, I'm sorry. Who are you? Uh people have called me fingers my whole life, but I don't like it, and he takes his hands out from behind his head and he's got two full thumbs but missing digits of various lengths. Hmm. So what do you call yourself? Uric. U-R-R-I-C-K. I'm presiding Druid Merlinde, and what on earth are you doing to that cart? So you you look at the cart, and it's badly burned. Uh, it has a corpse of a horse still tied to it. No sign of the driver. It's overturned, and some of the cargo is lay in ruin, spilled on the ground. You see a porcelain mortar and pestle laying among the ashes. The box that he's messing with uh, is a white box of some sort. He says, I stumbled upon this cart a bit ago. I camped off the road last night. I was just had to keep away from the smell of the horse. Lots of creatures come by in the dark. Hungry fellas. Hardly slept. And I've got this box here. Uh, and it's... You, you look at it closer and it's made of a finely chiseled white marble. Ooh. What's inside the box? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't get it open. Joe, I have a uh, question for you. Is it, like, stark white? Like, it should be stained with soot and ash, but it is noticeably not? Uh, or is it just kind of messy, too? 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll say that it's uh, it's stark white, like it should be stained with, uh, with ash. I would like to examine it. He willingly hands it over, and it's as heavy as you might think, if not more so. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and the, the top of the box is inlaid with a tiny cast platinum scene of a battle between two fierce monsters. A long, sinuous dragon with fierce, cunning eyes at war against a five-headed dragon whose tail is tipped with a venomous stinger. I was going to say, this okay. doesn't sound like... Do I, do I know spirits? anything about this? That the box itself is worth a fortune. I meant, do I recognize the, the scene? Give me a sleight of hand check first, and give me a religion check. Grimton, you can also give me a religion check. Sleight of hand is 17. Uh, religion is also 17. My religion was 12. Grimton and Auric, Auric especially, because you're right there handling it, but Grimton, you're able to immediately recognize this scene as a depiction of Bahamut, the dragon god of justice at war against the evil goddess Tiamat. Yeah. And with that sleight of hand check, uh, Auric, you find a small hinge on the side of the scene and are able to uh, like pop it open and then slide the platinum inlay out, which leaves a pure stone box. Underneath that platinum inlay are two holes that tunnel into the box. The inlay itself has two holes that lead out the mouths of the two dragons. Hmm. As you look at it more, tooled into the front face of this box is the name Scale and File, Havenmere, in common. Hmm. Along the three remaining sides of the box are a strange foreign set of symbols, and underneath is a small word in a different script. Are any of these something I can read? No. Okay. Are we all examining the box? Uh, Auric is the one that uh, has has the box in hand, so yeah. that's where the language would be uh, visible from. But it, if you want to give it a shot... the Right quick, the word, you said there was a small word in a different script. Does it look yeah. like it was part of the original design or added later? Um, it could be a part of the original design, sure. Okay. You, don't, you don't know much about all right. this all craftsmanship. Right. but To make sure I understand then... I have in front of me a box, and on the top of the box is where that platinum inlay was. Huh? The the platinum inlay that has the dragons. Correct. And I popped it off and revealed two holes in the top. Yes. Are they like round holes, or are they like keyholes, or? They're they're round holes, like they were born okay. in with a drill. And they correspond to the two mouths of the two of the mouths of the dragons. Correct. And then on the front is everything else you just described. Uh, on the on the front is the scale and file haven mirror, and then on the three other sides of the box is uh, one of the strange foreign symbols, mm-hmm. and then underneath is the tiny word. Gotcha. And you're the only person at this point holding. Grimton, what do you make of this? Do I recognize either of the languages? Yeah. Um, underneath that tiny tiny script. Mm-hmm. is uh, the dwarven word mata. And Grimton, you recognize this as denoting that it was made by the dwarven craft, or by a dwarven craftsperson that is a member of 
the guild the legacies of stone mata oh yeah the legacies and the legacies to contextualize it are a worldwide guild of fine art in all forms versed in everything from architecture to sculpting painting leatherworking and apparently even puzzle boxes if you were to cast enlarge on a coin you'd even see the word mata pressed into the gold on all coins it's an influential name so you said that it said scale and file havenmere correct we're headed towards havenmere right correct i think we should hold on to this and if we come across someone from the legacies of mata we should return it it seems the right thing to do actually my my mother is a member of the legacies really yeah alaris you take this box from grimton and you recognize the remaining symbols to be draconic. In most places across the cusp, um, the academic study is, of arcana is done in draconic. It's an ancient language imbued with power at its absolute very essence. Though you studied magic extensively at the Weaver School in the Azure Keep, you were taught the high elven tradition of Corallon and never mastered the language of dragons. And the only word that you can recognize can be translated to blood. Hmm. Okay. Eric, would you, uh, would you mind if we traded you some rations for this? I, I would love rations. Thank you. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Eric pulls out some, you know, food rations that should keep him good for... I don't know, a couple of days at least. Like, not enough not enough that we'll be crippled by how much food I'm giving him, but enough that it's, it's you know, I'm not just giving Worth him a meal. Yeah. Um, here, I toss it to him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, um, how are your burns? Are you feeling okay? Do you need me to heal you a little bit? I, I, I've found some healing potions and uh, was able to seal up all the open wounds. But, uh, uh, hey, Ulrich, can I can I get a closer look at that box? Yeah, hand it to him. I'd like to try to comprehend languages. All right, I can read it to you if you'd like. Um, what the spell what what the spell does? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. For the duration, which is one hour, um, I understand the literal meaning of any spoken language that I hear and I understand any written language that I see but I have to be touching the surface on which the words are written. Um, and indeed you are touching that surface and you can understand two literal meanings of the draconic and that script reads our blood protects our treasure or another translation our heritage protects our treasure. Okay. I'll tell the group makes it seem like this is a, a dragonborn box. That's probably what we'll want to look for if we want to try to return this to the rightful owner. Well, uh, Eric speaks up. Um, a, a couple nights ago, a, a zombie did attack. It, it was a dragonborn from the west, I'd say, by the looks of her, too. i never seen such a thing in my life. Mom always warned me about being in a place of sorrow during the new moon, but I didn't have a choice. Luckily, there was only one. Hmm. 
something strange is going on here. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Wait, so does does the new moon encourage zombification? Well, I mean, it's a time of absolute uh, astral we're darkness, in, right? Yeah, and we're in a very desolated area. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like it's just what magic, the natural magics of shadow that exist in the world are going to happen naturally. Then the new moon is the time it'll happen. Right. Yeah, and I feel like we're also kind of in a perfect storm where there's a lot of people that haven't had any rights reformed on them because how could you ever know how many people were affected by the fire along Precisely. with it being a new moon and all this other stuff. It's just a, a zombification smorgasbord. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> when del- delicious. <laughs> I, uh, Eric speaks up again. Um, it's, it's a couple miles out, but I could probably, uh, Show you that dragonborn again, if you, if you'd like. Like the zombie? Uh, yes. Like, well, I mean, she she's dead wanna, now, but. You want to go see the zombie dragonborn? Yes. Um, she, she's re-dead, but. I'm good. Grimton, why do you want to go see the zombie? Well, something about it could tell us maybe more about this box. We can't spend too long in this diversion. We have somewhere to be. But yeah, we how, could how, just find Dragonborn and Havenmere and see if they know what's up. Where, which direction is the is the body? Uh, where was I? I was downstream a little bit, a bit away. Uh, what? How long would it take us to get there? Well, it's a mile or two out. Eh. It's probably not worth it. I mean, downstream is north, which is where you're yeah. going. Oh, it's probably oh, worth it. Yeah, it's probably- yeah down, downstream <laughs> is the direct direction. We're going to, like, north is downstream. Gotcha. Correct. Okay. Sure, it's on our way anyway. Let's go check it out. Uh, Show us sure. the way. Do you, do, you, do you take anything from the cart while you're leaving, or just a what box? Else, what else is in the cart? Yeah, um, let's take anything useful. <laughs> I roll cart. I roll a check on the cart. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, everybody, give me a search check. I rolled a three. Alric, you find a lot of ash. Eighteen, eighteen. And actually, despite despite Alric's pragmatic sense, they feel really weird about this, um, especially with as much negativity as they've been experiencing. So, Alric didn't. Alric didn't look very hard. I rolled a nine. <laughs> Um, I got a 19. Morlinde, yeah. Morlinde, as as you search, you're able to find a full set of alchemy tools. Uh, so you have an alchemist kit now. Add that to your inventory. Got it. Um, and Alaris, roll me a d4. One. You find a single health potion. Cool. <laughs> That's fine. Better than nothing. And, and there's there are also uh empty files around which you can understand and probably assume that those are potions that um, Uruk has taken. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and like pray over the general spiritness of this um, cart because they did lend us an alchemy kit and some things and take care of uh, what's his name? Uruk. 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 Yeah. And you pray over it. Hey, Grimton? Yes. You know what? I mean, I mentioned it when you guys first walked up, but uh, you also find that 
porcelain mortar and pestle uh, laying among the ashes. And Grimton, as you, you pick it up and you look over it, and uh, give me a history check. That's uh, that's an eight, Joe. Eh, that's enough. It's... <laughs> oh my lord. You know, I'm trying to give you plot points here. Okay. <laughs> you remember uh, Sewell from the tavern in Temple, the Blessed City, who is a porcelain salesperson hmm. from uh, Zadal. And this especially jogs your memory uh, because pressed into the bottom uh, is the name Sewell and Sons. Okay. I will definitely take this with me. Yeah, what was the name? Sewell and Sons, S-O-O-L, on a mortar and pestle. Is that name familiar? Should it be? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm asking you. (laughs) I'm asking Joe. (laughs) All right. Okay, do you remember your your first scene that we did uh, during the character episode when Sewell was a guy that uh, got really angry at you being in her girth because... The Warforged uh, yeah. had... Okay. Yeah, that's that guy. That's Sewell. That he was a porcelain salesman. Gotcha. How many sons does he have? He had, uh, I think, three? It's been, what, like four months since we recorded that? I do remember Erica calling him a Westie. She did call him a Westie. He, he was just a... He was, a, I think, a bronze-skinned human from Zadal. Yeah. Who had traveled... Uh, all the way over to the Pandominion in attempts to uh, to trade since the since he couldn't do it by boat anymore. They got into her dearth and the Warforged uh, imposed a tax saying that uh, I mean he didn't have any money so he had to give up all the porcelain and then uh, he didn't have any anything else when he got found a second time and the Warforged took his sons. Yeah, thus uh, he was then, angry at the dwarf in the tavern. Which was you. You were the dwarf in the tavern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Eric speaks up again. So, are we gonna go or what? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quit playing around, <laughs> Grimton. Yeah, Grimton, stop wasting all of our time. Dang it, Grimton. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I imagine it to be morning. I'm just moving a little slower. Hey friends, it's Joe. Thanks for joining us for episode number 013. That means we've been publishing content for almost half a year. It's unbelievable. Zach, Sarah, Yessie, Steven, and I are so incredibly proud of the show and the way that it's going so far. We have other people to thank for that too. Uh, Daniel Grayling created all of our digital art and Blake Boss composed our overture that's playing behind me now. You can listen to that full soundtrack at soundcloud.com slash blakebost. Uh, thanks to Labor of Love Graphics and laboroflovegraphics.com for their help in giving us a phenomenal website. AdvantageDnd.com is a huge resource for you as our listeners. Uh, you ought to check that out if you haven't yet. It has maps, location details, and info on the characters and the cast. All of those character details are also linked to HeroForge.com where you'll be able to check out uh, some custom designed minis of the characters designed by the cast and me. Dark Silver Forge has agreed to offer 10% off of all their products to Advantage listeners. 
Their company sells high-quality products for discerning role-playing gamers. Their prides and joy are the Dragonsteel and Cthulhu Gold Metal Dice sets, which are cast zinc alloy. The D20 in those sets is like five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic die. Lots of skill and love goes into those products, and you can see that love for yourself at DarkSilverForge.com. Use the code ADVANTAGEDND, no space, all caps, and receive 10% off everything on their website. Since the last episode dropped, we've done some significant recording. First, the cast and I got together and finally recorded our mailbag episode. We chatted about the story and asked each other uh, questions that were submitted to us by you, our listeners. Special thanks to at the Green Mage 14 on Twitter and Brett Deaton for sending us audio questions to use in that episode and for their support as friends of the show. Second, Sully, Kristen, and Alex from the podcast How Friends Roll sat down with me at our digital tabletop to roll some dice for our next episode of the Switch series. I DM'd a one-shot dungeon for their cast and I'm super excited to turn that episode around for you all. If you didn't listen to the first episode of the Switch series where Sully DM'd for Zach, Jesse, and me, Look that up on our feed. It's a riot. You should expect to hear the new story air on their RSS feed sometime within the next month. So make sure to subscribe to them if you haven't already. You can find them on iTunes or look them up on Twitter at HowFriendsRoll. Full disclosure of my priorities during the summer as I go off on various trips. Uh, Most importantly, I will get out new episodes of the regular Advantage series on time. After that, My next focus is working on the Switch series, and of least importance is the mailbag. As the only producer of this show, I've got to make some decisions on how to most effectively use my time. And there you go. I I guess I'm trying to be transparent. I don't know. Um, Our handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr are all at AdvantageDND. The email that we use is AdvantageDND at gmail.com. I absolutely love chatting with folks and fans online, so give us some internet love. While you're at it, give us a rating and review on our iTunes so we can further grow our community. That iTunes metric really helps us grow the most out of anything. All right, enough of the credits. Let's return to the show. Thank you. Uh, a mile or so away is the body of a dragonborn woman, cut up and mangled and dragged just out of view of the road. Uh, she was she was heavy to get off the road, but I'll tell you what, she, she fought hard. Uh, her bronze scales are smudged with soot and blood. Uh, Morlinde, it's unlikely that you've ever seen a dragon form before. Uh, she is a fierce humanoid version of the ancient beast. Ark and Grimton, you've probably seen a handful of uh, your times in the Pandominion, but Alaris, um, you're by far the most experienced of the four of you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Give me an Arcana check. 18. So you know that dragonborns were among the first creatures created by the gods and a relative few live in the Pandominion. Their number is much larger uh, at the Empire of Zadal in the west, and 
are normally barons, aristocrats, and wealthy merchants dealing with matters of significant power in all things. And with this one uh, being a bronze scales, you can make that connection that she had electrical breath. The breath weapon is yeah, yeah, electricity. Yeah. yeah, I'll divulge all that information to the other members of the party. Uh, everybody give me a intelligence check. Ten. Oh, that's embarrassing. Eleven. How are we how are we modifying this? Just like just straight intelligence modifier. Okay. Eleven. Seven. <laughs> Good. Wow guys. We're all hurt yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, look at the body, see if there's anything that would match with the box or, you know, just kind of writ- anything written or significant of any sort. You find a, a rod? We're going to call it a, uh, somebody name a fun, magical, spirity wood. You's pretty spirity. Yeah, I was going to say you also. We're going to call it a you wand, uh, a plus one you wand. Ooh. Ooh. That's, that's cool. I really hope that is cool. Orlinda actually makes that noise. We already have a you staff. I mean, I have a staff. Maybe I want a wand. I'm a wizard. Let me let me look at my crap. While they're messing around with the staff, um, wand. or wand, wand, whatever. Plus one you wand. Um, Alaris, you you did translate the box for all of us, correct? Yeah. Okay. And Joe, can you repeat what it said in Draconic? Um, our blood protects our treasure, or our heritage protects our treasure. On a sort of like this can't be right kind of moment, who who has the box right now? Does does Alaris still have the box? Sure. I just kind of like lift the box from Alaris. Like he knows I took it, but like I did it. Sure. I did it clearly without asking. And I go over over to the body of the zombie and like with my finger. Get a little bit of the blood. Yeah, Grimton is very enthralled. In... <laughs> and, like, put it on the holes. <laughs> just to see, like, an effort to kind of, like, drip in each of the holes a little bit. And stand, and just kind of look at it for a second. <laughs> Ew. I mean, yeah, that's gross, but, like... I mean, it makes sense. Nothing happens. <sighs> Grimton is, like, very blizzardly annoyed. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of wipe it off. Then they're like, oh, that was a you know failed experiment, but. Oh, you're you're kind of on the right path. Give me a uh, give me another intelligence roll. <laughs> I'll be less stupid this time. Fifteen. I'll take it. Cool. <laughs> Grimton and Ulrich, you're you're both sitting there with the box next to the body, and kind of looking between the box and um, the bronze scales of the dragonborn. And something clicks between uh, in, in you, Auric. Maybe instead of our blood protects our treasure, it's uh, the our heritage protects our treasure. And the bronze and the electricity. Oh, I see. See. The breath weapons, um, which I cannot oh, duplicate. Um, My... <laughs> My next thought would have been, since the holes were, like, over the dragon's mouth, to just put her teeth in there, but breath weapon makes more sense. Um. <laughs> this is gonna go really, Alaris, really quick. Alaris, can you, can you generate electricity? Can you, can you, Arcana, yes, Sam? Yes, I can. Can you come, actually, can you come 
shoot some electricity shoot some electro down into this, these holes sure. of this box. Because y'all have still not had yeah. this moment. This is entirely mine. <laughs> um, see, you guys are confused. I mean, I'll, I'll sure, whatever. Okay. So like, I kind of like yeah, hold it out to oh. him like at arm's length. <laughs> or no, I set it down and sort of step back a little bit. All right, so I'll put um, e a hand over each hole, and I'll use mm -hmm. shocking grasp. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and nothing happens. Alaris, can yeah, Alaris, you uh, you're familiar with puzzle boxes. You have one somewhere yeah. in your inventory. I do. That platinum uh, platinum cast that you have. You also make the connection that that might. Uh, conduct electricity. Oh. <laughs> okay. So okay. put the thing back. Well, put the thing in the hole. Put that thing back uh -huh. where it came from, or so help me. <laughs> so you slide it back in. Yep. And then, then we're gonna try and it again. Yeah. And then apply the electricity. And you hear okay. a click. And then well. we'll open the box. <laughs> and you open the box, and inside in are four. Crimson bags made of silk. I want to look in one of the bags. Uric is absolutely fascinated with that whole process. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, y'all smart. <laughs> Inside one of these bags, I'm just going to pick a random one, uh, is a gray-brown ooze inside a flask. Ooze. Okay, it's like it looks like mud. I'm gonna set that one aside for now, and I'll look in the other bags. And one of them is a bright, flickering, orangey-yellow liquid. Ooh. And one is a deep, deep blue. It's soothing, almost like an indigo water. Mm-hmm. And one is a clear fluid, almost like a captured cloud. I'll just give a bag to each player, but I want the orange one. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and give me an arcana check. All right. Since, since all of you have uh, have these in your possessions now, uh, everybody can do it. I rolled eight. Sixteen. Fourteen. I uh, crit failed. <laughs> Grimton? Uh... Pick one of the other three that you want, that you got. Uh, Alaris has so the got orange the... one. Yeah. And then there's blue, clear, brown. and... Brown. I got the brown one. This works for you almost perfect. Um, this looks like pure elemental earth. Not just, like, stuff that you'd find in your dwarven mines back in Delve Deep, but, like, this is some arcane stuff. This was created, or this is uh, from the elemental chaos itself. And you're able to make the connection that the rest of these are also just pure element. elemental flasks. Can I tell if it's, like, safe? Like, to ingest? Maybe. I'm not drinking this. <laughs> I'm holding the blue one, for the record. Orlinda, you've got the air one. Arik says, I don't, I don't want to be... An, an, an idiot. Do you guys think that maybe these are like a sort of 
arcane form of the the breath weapons that and that this is the logical leap here that I'm not willing to test if that consuming can... said mm -hmm. liquid might imbue dragon How about we just have weapons. why don't we just have um Auric use a little no wait you want me to, you want me to do what now no <laughs> i'm not touching these things how about we hold uh, on to no. them and ask somebody more informed than us before we just wait. go drinking stuff that might get us killed hey 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 uh if if you guys get to keep the four flasks can i keep the box when the little platinum insert Nah, no, we, I, uh, I uh, bought it from you with food. So. No. There's, look, Here, you Eric, to be honest, can, I don't can, think you, you want to mess have with this. this. You can have this bag. I'll give him this, the silk bag. And I'll just keep the flask. <sighs> silk does fetch a fair price. Um, and also, I'm, Eric, I think you might be taking more trouble into your life than you really want with these. And we are too, but I, I think, I think it. Makes more sense for us to do so. <laughs> uh, give me, give me a. Um... <laughs> and the dwarven word on the bottom of the box starts glowing. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me a persuasion check. <laughs> I rolled a twenty. Um, okay, good. I thought you rolled a like a one. No, I rolled a twenty. It's <laughs> just like. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> well, uh, and er, the great artist Mata appears. And... Oh God! Eric is looking at the box and looking at the four of you and looking at the elemental stuff and the how you guys are not totally burned and how your armor is fancier than the scraps of clothes that he's wearing. And he says, well, uh, uh looks like I'm just gonna m make my way back to my, my cabin. Then it's, it's a ways, but, uh, I should make it. Thank you. Thank you. Fine people for good to meet you. Kind enough to spare me some rations and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, get, Get going again and be moseying on. Be uh, moseying on and uh, bye. Safe travels, Eric. Also, let go. And he leaves. All right, well, let's continue on. What? Let's <laughs> Are we not going to discuss the significance of what we have just found? Let's just keep going. We can discuss on the way. Yeah. Well, okay, uh... we can walk and talk. It's a thing. What here? Should should we put these back in the box and then close the box? No. No? We, no, we can close the box, but let's keep the stuff out of the box. Okay, are we going to keep each individual? We're walking while we're talking. Are we going to keep hold of one of these individually for each of us? Yeah. That's probably. Unless you don't want to. No, that's fine. I mean, I'll hold on to it if you don't want to hold on to no, it. No, I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> Auric swiftly and deftly stuffs it into a pocket. And does so in such a way that nobody really saw exactly where that pocket was. I, Grimton really wants to make sure it's in a place where it's not going to shatter. For fear, That's a good idea. For fear of ramifications. <laughs> I feel like you have acid breath over there. <laughs> I really want to try to convince Grimton to take 
Uh, Grimton, it's a it's a darn shame that Alaris gave away those bags, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I didn't give away was, all the bags. I gave him my bag. Oh, okay. I was just t- uh, telling Stephen like aside. I was like, I know a silk salesman. <laughs> I just gave you do know a silk salesman, don't, oh, don't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an accident. <laughs> so we're walking and talking and we're walking and talking. What is a dragonborn artifact doing, presumably en route, either to Havenmere or from Havenmere, into the watched forest? Well, it seems like it, like if it's a family piece, then it seems like it would be kept by a family member. Who knows why they were traveling south, and I guess we'll never know now that they're zombified and then re-deaded. I mean, um, really I, su- I suppose they could have been looking for a trade route, same as the Pandominion. Maybe. I mean, maybe they that's what they do. They harness the elemental powers of dragons, and then they sell them on the for a high price. I could yeah. see something like that. I mean, you you also found various other, like, medicines and herbs mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that could just be there. The, the big this. ticket item. This was clearly an alchemist. Yeah. And it was kept in a box that, you know wasn't easily open so they were either gonna sell this to the highest bidder or had someone very specific in mind it was a special order right and now that person's gonna be upset that they're not gonna get their stuff oh man (laughs) where's my pure elemental fire was it en route to havenmere or was it en route to somewhere else do we know where that cart was headed that's fair what direction was the cart facing the cart was like crashed on yeah, the side uh-huh. of the road yes, and like, so it, it's it's hard to say Morlinda, you've never heard of a, a dragonborn being in the watch forest though yeah and it definitely didn't come from isotalos and it would have gone through isotalos if it was on the traitor's Wait, path yeah, anywhere else yeah that's very yeah. true so it was probably but heading south into okay that makes sense so you continue on yep yeah and we've discovered some stuff Congratulations, magic items, yay. yay. I'm I'm a little concerned about these on a lot of levels, but I'm also excited to have just, something like this much of a wild card. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is like like Grimton, you're really brave. <laughs> like <laughs> Grimton, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> I, I I will try to persuade Grimton to take some of his stuff. Does this work okay. if it's not, like, if it's a so, player character? Yeah, yes, yeah, you have you can to roll wait, or have to do steps. So, I'm gonna basically tell Grimton that his vial seems very earth and he's a dwarf. They should be compatible. And he's obviously brave, headstrong, and fearless. So he should be willing to do it for the name of science. Logic. And that will not work. <laughs> Grimton, how do you react? A solid tin. Well, Alaris, as much as I would love to, and part of me would love to, because I want to see what this would do, I think harming myself is a very likely possibility, so I, I might have to pass on this. That's understandable. And you continue along your merry way. I was prepared to roll with disadvantage to see whether or not.
that a lot for things like toilet paper dispensers. Like some engineer was like, this will be the best toilet paper dispenser of all time. And then some person at, at, various, at various companies are like, hmm, I need to select between these various tooth or uh, toilet paper dispensers. Right. So, uh, th there's this existing competitive market for... For toilet paper dispensers. dispensers. Yeah. For like hospitals and companies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's interesting. Like, some engineer yeah. took time to do that. What's funny is that, like, with, with Walmart deciding to have all of its vendors live in northwest Arkansas or have offices in northwest Arkansas, that means that somewhere there's a vendor that specializes in toothpicks in NWA. <laughs> oh, yeah, the toothpick guy, you know, Department 7D. I'm just imagine this this like very lumberjack dude sitting there hand whittling toothpicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are the premium toothpicks. Uh, this guy named Bill. Bill's our toothpick uh, distributor. Artisanal. He's our go-to. Artisanal toothpicks. Yeah. Ooh, I need to write that one down. That's a good punk rock band name. All right, so I'll put um, a hand over each hole. Oh, you mm -hmm. shocking grasp. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and nothing happens. Can we pause for a second? Can we pause for just a second? Yeah. He put a hand over two holes. And did shocking, and shocking grasp? Yeah, no, I was, I definitely, I definitely had a good eighth grade level giggle at that. Okay, okay, wow. I'm done. I even wow. I even make crude gestures to Yessi with sound effects. I... Okay, go. Okay, I'm done. I'm an eighth grader. <laughs> I work with them every day. 